0: Welcome to My Camino, the podcast. I'm Dan Mullins, and I'm delighted to have your company. I've just returned from the Australian Friends of the Camino Conference in Melbourne. We had the most wonderful weekend. The weather was picture perfect. The presentations were amazing, and it was just such a blessing to be invited to be involved. Now, I was asked to host a presentation on the Sunday morning, and the theme of the weekend was The Journey and Beyond. My panel was about bringing the Camino home with you. I was joined by the author, Tara Marlowe, Lindsay Taishine, who was involved in the app Camino for Good, and Peter Abelgaard, who has been involved in raising funds for Camino-related projects. I really enjoyed our discussion, so I've loaded it as this week's podcast episode, and I hope you'll enjoy it too. I'll pick up just after the introductions. Thanks, Rob. Thank you. Well, I'm going to start... Um, by introducing myself again. Uh, So, um, I'm Dan Mullins, I'm a 57-year-old father of three and grandfather of two. I host a weekly podcast about the Camino de Santiago called My Camino. Um, Like I said to you last night, we're just about to reach a million downloads. I've done 320 episodes, 320 interviews, and a few of those are reflections of my own. And uh, what I do each week uh, is I find someone from around the world to tell their story. And it might be why they walk the Camino. It might be what is special to them about the Camino. It might be what challenged them or what they found rewarding or what advice they would give to somebody about walking the Camino. And I, I don't know if I've ever if you've ever listened but I'll just quickly tell you my story it was in uh, 2007 my mother was doing a PhD in theology, she had 11 children so she decided to be a priest <laughs> and of course being a Catholic she couldn't be a priest so she thought she'd get more qualified than the priests, so she could tell them what to do. <laughs> so she had this enormous library of books and, and I was at her house in the Gold Coast and I saw the book, Shirley uh, McLean's book about the and I read it in a day, and I said to my wife, we have little kids, then; they're all grown up now. And I said, I'm going to walk the Camino one day. And she said, oh, that's good. Yeah, good you. <laughs> and then in 2010, my little brother, Benny, died very suddenly. He drank himself to death. And I, I was back at mum's in the morning, and I saw the book on the shelf and read it again in an afternoon. And I said, oh, I'm, I'm going to do that walk. my wife said, yeah, yeah then in 2016 I was due to go to the Olympic Games in Rio and I was working in radio and the, the hosts, the, the, the radio station, the sales team messed it up, so we weren't going. So the, the man I worked for at the time, Alan Jones, said, that's it, we're all having three weeks off, let's stuff them. And we all thought, well, wait a minute, we've all got kids at school, we can't have three weeks off, what are you talking about that three weeks off? So I went home and I was complaining about it and my wife said, why don't you do that silly walk you've been talking about for years? And I was turning 50 uh, right at the end of those three weeks. And she said, well, if you have a 50th birthday, you're going to pay for all the food and booze. You're going to end up playing all night. You're going to set up the PA and be there the next day packing up. It's going to cost you thousands of dollars. Why don't you use that money and go to Spain and do that silly walk? I said, you know what? It's not a bad
1: idea. But it was too much for me to handle
0: too much for me to even imagine. And I came home the next day, and the ticket was on the kitchen bench. Yeah, return ticket to Madrid, 50th birthday present from my family. So that was me, I'm on the Camino, I come
1: back, and I think, what am I going to
0: do to keep this feeling going? How can I keep feeling like this all the time? So I'm thinking, you know what I could do? I could work. So I threw myself into my work, my music. Uh, I have a daytime job. I also do podcasts every week. I do about eighty shows a year. I'm a busy guy. But the one thing I love more than anything is. Sitting This is
2: No, I've
0: no, packed up. But if you up. want a
2: book, I don't want to take them back to Tasmania. So if you want a book, come and see me afterwards. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Peter Alvaga. Now, Peter has raised money for various causes of philanthropic natures from Harvey Bay and Queensland, and Lizzie Dictation who's uh, part of what's called the Camino for Good. So we're going to talk about what makes the Camino special, why you continue to give back, what the Camino does and how it resonates with you. Lindsay, I'm going to talk to you first, right? Now, answer me a very simple question. Why is the Camino important to you? Do you you want a
3: simple answer? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I suppose, put simply, um, I... um, I trained as a psychotherapist. I don't practice as a psychotherapist, but it was mainly a personal development exercise. I walked the Camino in 2018. And when I came back, I thought that's the only therapy that people need, is to walk the Camino. So I guess that that impetus that would have me hold space for others Mm. to heal Mm -hmm. was transferred to the Camino. Why?
0: Why? What
3: is it about the Camino that enables us to heal, do you think? So, most of what we talk about is blisters and what to take and how big your pack is. But to me, the, the, what happened for me on the Camino, I noticed that I'm an observer of human nature. I'm quite introverted, so I, I look around and watch what's happening. And I found people asking two questions. One question was, where are you from? And the other one was, why are you doing the Camino? So on the first day, get the question, where you're from, why are you doing the Camino? You're walking with someone. You may only be walking for five minutes with someone because they're faster or slower than you. And the the first answer to the question is, Oh, you know, I just thought I I heard about it in a book and just thought I'd do it and you know, my sister wanted to do it, so we're doing it together. So that'll be the first day answer to that question, why are you doing it? The next day you're with someone else and the and the there's a layer peeled off and and um, you, you're saying well look I'm not really I'm not really happy about my job I wish I was doing something else and so I you know I'm contemplating uh, where to go from there and then the next day you start to talk about your relationships and the next day you're talking about um, how you're grieving um, a death in the family that sort of thing while you're talking about this um, you, you're being re-traumatised basically. and and in that re-traumatization, you, your body is walking, and it's getting the, the the tendons are lengthening, and so it becomes a somatic. A, a, this is how I'm I'm interpreting it. It becomes a somatic exercise. So while you're able to talk, so rather than a talk therapy, sitting in with a therapist, you, 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 the the person you're talking to is looking in the same direction as you. So you're not you're not facing each other like that and you're walking your trauma out and and i think for me i think that's probably the key and all the while you're trying to avoid blisters (laughs) so yes there's all this stuff about blisters and all that stuff but the but the meat of it is in the conversations you have with people along the way
0: so i don't know about you i cried like a little I found things bubbled to the surface. I don't know why, but I just felt like I needed it needed to come out. That's what you're talking about, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. It's so so it's it's this re-traumatising. It, it,
3: but I also so I don't know about your Camino, but I would say you had times of great joy as well. Oh yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah. like yeah. like I never laughed so much. No, as, right. as that Camino and, and that you know, that's part of it all coming out all that suppressed stuff um, comes out in... The, in
0: can, can, can I ask you a question? Yeah. Can it not be, can it, for anyone, can it not be a good thing that that stuff comes to the surface?
3: That, that, that's a difficult question, I'd have to say. Um, sometimes, depending on the state you're in, you really shouldn't go to your emotions. Like right. For someone who's suicidal, I don't think it's Appropriate,
1: but then you're
3: just walking, <laughs> you know. Yeah. For for those people, you can just be, just be walking, and and you know, I I have met people who have had no spiritual experience at all, but they keep coming back. <laughs> so mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, so I call it sometimes slow tourism.
0: Mm-hmm. It's, it's it's seeing the culture at your own at the places of the beat of your heart. In many mm-hmm. respects, um, walking. Uh, as I say, Jesus' place. And walking through some of those little villages where you smell the stew cooking and you smell the (laughs) horse, whatever, and you smell the, right, you smell the caviar. You can actually use, I say good morning to the chickens and the the cows and the cats and the dogs because you're walking so slowly across the countryside, taking it all in one step at a time. So therapeutic. And that's really interesting, the way you explain that, that it does bring those things up re-traumatising, yeah, and walking in the same direction, that's really interesting, and often the people you're talking to are not talking back at you but rather talking alongside you, yeah, that's fantastic Tara Marlow you came back from the Camino and decided to write a book everyone thinks when they come back from the Camino I'm going to write a book (laughs) why? what what was it about your journey that inspired you to write
2: about it? um I actually find that I can get my emotions out and my experiences out through words much better. And you'll experience that from me talking. Don't talk well, I write much better. Um, But when I did return, I walked it twice. The first time was in 2018 on my own. And it was a much more spiritual um, experience and it was a much more um, emotional experience. The second time I walked it was with my husband a year later and I, I will tell you in 2018 my husband and I were actually separated um, so I was going through that we were starting to reconcile but not quite there yet there was still a lot of baggage that we had to get through um, but in 2019 that was actually us reconnecting on that journey and so when I got back, and we had been travelling for three years full-time together, which was part of the reason why we separated. Um, <laughs> when you're in a car all the time with somebody that's <laughs> complete opposite of you, yeah, it's, it's quite challenging. But um, I decided that I wanted, when we, when we finished the second Camino, we needed a place to base and uh, we kept on going back to Tasmania and that's where we ended up being. Um, And I decided I did want to write about the experience, but it was very difficult to write about my own personal journey and then my experience with my husband. And so trying to combine those, it was just, you know, a snooze fest. It just, and it was all over the place and I thought nobody was gonna read this, um, let alone me. And, um, you know, I write fiction. I much enjoy writing fiction. And so I decided that I would take all those little nuggets that we absolutely love and hate about the Camino and just weave that into fictional stories. And so that's how Camino Wandering came about.
1: How
0: does the Camino resonate with you day to day in in your Monday to Friday, Saturday, Sunday life?
2: Um... I think the Camino... So, there is actually a line in Camino Wandering, and I don't mean to talk about my book so much, but there is a line in the book that says, uh, do you know who you are and what you're made of? And I think when it comes to the Camino, that's exactly what the Camino is about for a lot of people. It really makes you discover who you are, and it certainly did for me, um, and definitely what I was made of. And so... Once I had that in my head, that's how I now, you know, I, I'm a lot more confident, um, although sitting on this panel, not so much. Um, I'm a lot more confident. Um, I know what I want out of my life, um, and I'm able to give back and help others. So I'm very involved in the Tasmanian indie author community, and um, I, I, nothing gives me more pleasure than helping another writer start So, if you ever do want to write that Camino book, contact me, and I will help you start your story. Wow. Okay. Writing your story.
0: Everyone in here is just like, okay, Tara, Marlo, Google. (laughs) (laughs) Peter, I've all gone. Peter, uh, and I crossed paths. Um, You all know Susie. You heard Susie yesterday morning, and the roof was falling in. I cast Susie, and Peter... Uh, as I, I know, was on the Camino and ran into Susie for a minute and said, okay, I think i can give you a hand raise a bit of money to put the new roof in and I, I was amazed and astounded at the work this gentleman put in on their behalf and I'm certain Susie will tell you that it was a very special time in their lives because there are people on the Camino and in life who are generous and caring and giving and loving and they just want to help and I think that's a very pilgrim sort of thing to do, Peter. Is that where your motivation came from and continues to come from? I arrived here at, at the at the at the front door yesterday, at the reception. There's no one around. Peter said, "Hey, that's a familiar face. I knew Dan Mullins." And I said, "Yeah, yeah." He said, "Give us a hug. <laughs> <laughs> I said, that's "The most pilgriming welcome to a pilgrim conference ever." <laughs> what is it about? what 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 makes you feel you like to give back
4: thanks Dan good morning everybody um, i have a a belief that we all come across camino angels in our time on camino there are all, you're always going to find people when you need them and for me camino is all about community it's all about people and Since time began, human beings have been trying to find their tribe. You want to find a place where you can be yourself, you want to find a place where you belong and in 2017 when I walked my Camino I quickly realised in the Camino family that I was becoming a part of um, that I'd found my tribe, I'd found the people that I can be real with, be honest with, be open and sharing with and love and on that Camino and especially on the Camino in 2018 when I travelled with my um, then partner, um, we found people that just helped us. Uh, My my partner became very sick in Leon, became um, bad food poisoning and we struggled on and we got to a stage where she turned to me and said I just can't go on and that's where one of my Camino angels stepped up in the form of Susie and came and picked us up and looked after Tess and um, fed us and took us to our next destination and saved our Camino. And it doesn't sound much, but it's, it's, it, it touched me very deeply. And um, that led to the whole process of finding out that um, with COVID hitting that Casa Susi was in, in peril and the roof was falling off and, and they were having to empty buckets every time it rained and the wind was blowing these 200-year-old slate tiles off the roof. And uh, in a conversation with Susie one day, I said, um, well, what can we do? And she said, well, we really need some money for, because we have to use the money we've saved to replace the roof. We're going to have to live on that. And we need some money for our our heater. And I said, well, how much do you need? She said, about $2,000. I said, no problem, we'll we'll get that. And then I, I can't quite remember how it came about, but I said to Susie, well, what do you really need? And she said, well, actually, we really need a new roof. And um, I said, fine, okay, well, um, what's that involved? And she said, have you got a quote? She said, yeah, we've got a quote. And it was a pretty high figure. Uh, I won't go into the details. And uh, I, I said, look, mentally went, oh, that's so much in Australian dollars. Said, yep, okay, let's do that. And um, Susie and Fumin just basically said, oh, yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> just laugh, that's not going to happen. But long story short, I... I thought no, GoFundMe is a really great way of doing this, and, and a lot of you here donated to the GoFundMe, and thank you, thank you once again very much. It was amazing, and uh, we did. We raised the money for Susie's uh, Casa Susie's roof, and um, um, they managed to hang on through COVID, um, earning no money and not getting a lot of help from the Spanish government. Um, and um, that's where the whole Camino Angel thing for me comes in, because if. Tess hadn't got sick, if Susie hadn't helped us, I wouldn't have been present, maybe not kept in contact and not been able to help Susie. And it's a it's a snowballing effect. Susie has now, I spent a bit of time there last year while they were putting the roof on, which was lovely, and um, watching these Spanish workers putting the new slate on. We had a lot of fun with those guys. Um, and Susie helped me personally in, 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 a, in a, an important way. And so and we've all had our Camino angels sorry I'm, I'm blathering on a bit but um, get a bit emotional about it all but for me it's all about Camino is all about community it's all about people that's walking, blisters, food wonderful but it's the people it's the family you make and that's what fulfills me in Camino
0: so I look at you Peter and I see a lot of myself in you we're Australian blokes um I'm I'm an old Queenslander, we're not really the kind of people to be all spiritual
1: and talk about love
0: and talk about caring and sharing and all that stuff, right? We're more inclined to talk about horses
1: or football. Why?
0: Why? Why does the Camino resonate with you? What makes a guy like you, a guy like me, Talk about spirituality and being kind and generous and loving. Where does it come from? (laughs) I'm talking about myself. I'm trying to find the answers.
4: (laughs) Speaking of getting answers, I asked Dan last night, I said, are we planning for this meeting at all? Will you give us some clues about what sort of questions we're going to ask? And he said, no. It'll just happen, and then he springs this on me. Okay. Um, just give me the question again.
0: Well, oh, I just wonder, I just wonder, yeah, Australian men in particular...
4: Okay, all right, right? I got it. We kind yeah. like,
0: we're kind of like the Australian version of the skip up a loop in Britain, right? We don't really share our emotions. No, we don't uh, really show... It, it's not really like our our bag to be sharing, caring, loving. Hey, there's Dan, give us a hug.
4: That's true. No, as... as, as Fairly typical Australian males. I, I think it's not. We're not brought up to, especially our generation. We're not brought up to share emotions or show love, particularly. And it is. It is different. And certainly pre Camino, I would agree. I was like that. Um, but it, well, Camino changes you. What a surprise! Um, I think. I think. one of the most important questions for me is why did the Camino come into my life at all? And for me, it was a calling. It was was an irresistible urge. I mean, Martin Sheen and and Emilio Estevez have got a lot to answer for, but um, through their movie, um, that's what introduced me to the Camino, but it was just something that was irresistible. I I had to leave my business that I was running for for a, a period of two months, which was difficult, and but nothing would stop me and there were lots of roadblocks and nothing would stop me So, it, for me, that, it, that question is almost impossible to answer because it's such an intangible feeling that number one, that you're drawn, that you must go and walk the Camino there, there was nothing that could have stopped me and, and secondly, the realization while on Camino that actually there's another way of living, there's another way of thinking there's another way of acting in your life where you can be more fulfilled in yourself while still benefiting other people and i think that's the thrust for me about bringing the camino home for me my actions when i get home are to think about what can i do to make things a little bit better for people on the camino susie and others um, and when i'm on camino i I'm always looking for that opportunity to help um, and be someone's camino angel. And I've had the opportunity to affect people's lives and 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 their caminos. And um, that changes you from that closed Aussie male to a much more open-hearted, real human being. And uh, I like to think that um, I'm on the path. Anyway, and. Uh, you have a great answer,
0: wow. Tara, I'll come back to you before I go back to Lindsay. Just one, one thing for you. Tell us about being on the Camino and what you're learning from other people that you take home with you and how it resonates with you once you get home.
2: You really ask good questions, right? <laughs> uh, I, th- I, I was asked some really great questions from complete strangers. Um, one that completely threw me for a loop was, are you happy?
0: Wow. And what and, did you
2: say? Um, at the time I said, I'm working on it. And, and what about now? Now I'm, yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Round of applause. Okay. happy. Can you ask the question again? Sorry. Well, <laughs> what did you learn from other
0: people that you met right. and, and, and that you took back with you and you carry with you and, and has changed your life now that you're home?
2: Um, I think the biggest one was um, listening to other people. Um, not... Yeah, we all talk... Uh, the one thing that I love about the Camino and, and the other pilgrims is that you kind of cut through all that chit-chat and small talk and you go straight to the... The deeper meaningful conversations I'm sure half this room has heard my story by now um, but I, I think it, it gives you that real sense of who you are and it allows you to um, be real with other people and I think in turn that kind of breaks down that with other people as well so they feel more comfortable in being real with you um, and I think the, the one thing that I learned was, you know, don't be afraid to do that. You know, I had people, like I said, ask me some really great questions. And I'm not necessarily afraid to ask other people those questions anymore. Um, and it's, you know, I, I'm, the other part was I had a Camino angel um, who I was ready to quit. And um, actually I had a, a few um, but if it wasn't for her, you know, I probably would have quit as well. But it was being able to ask for help. I had a really hard time with that for a very long time, was asking for help. I'm a bit of a control freak. And so asking somebody for help, um, and I brought that back. and You're able to ask for help now? Now I'm able to more ask for help. And I'm not, sorry?
0: More generally? just in, in
2: Yeah, just in generally. Wow, yeah. what
0: a change. Yeah. You're happy and you ask for help.
2: I know, crazy. <laughs> that's, yeah, okay.
0: Well, Lindsay, back to you. This, and, and, and your journey of self-discovery, in many respects, would be different, if that's the right word, because you of your study, right? You studied the psyche. You studied emotions. You studied uh, the way people should feel and perhaps don't feel. Talk about listening. You're walking on the Camino and often you all know those of you who have walked, those of you who are planning to walk, one of the things you'll find yourself doing more than you ever perhaps expected is listening. And people talk, yes. telling you things that you think.
3: Yeah, that's a great question. So, w- when I first thought about your question, I thought, well, for the first few days, people aren't listening; they just want to tell their story. <laughs> <to> <laughs> it, it, it's like get it out of your system, get, get the superficial stuff out of your system. And I think um, it was was it Anne yesterday talked about two weeks, um, and I think it's really important, you know, after two weeks. The, what I call the city chatter goes out of your head, mm. and and you're not worried about you know your mortgage and the rego and and you know did I leave the leave the iron on or something like that you know cause <laughs> 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 and it, and I think yeah. that so so when you've got nothing to say yourself because <laughs> it's all out there I think there's a there's an opening I, look and and it really from my perspective what I observed is I. Just the word Camino, or coming on the Camino. There's the word trust is there, and it's like I I come on the Camino. Um, trust because I don't have much, I, you know. I, I mean, I, I think what's in my backpack is a metaphor for I'm going to have to rely on others. Right? That's the first thing. But also by making that that. Silent statement to myself. Others are going to have to rely on me. So how can I, how can I also be there for others? And and, you know, the first few days, you're sort of just hoping that people are listening to you. And after a while, you realise that the way you're giving back is is to also have open hearted listening. uh, You know, I can't stress the open hearted part of it enough because you have to listen with your you have to listen with your heart not just the words that are coming out and i think that's one of the things that a lot of us get out or what i've seen a lot of us get out of that and that's something that level of trust is something you really don't get back home um, you know you can trust people with your house and your car and your kids and your and your whatever but trusting people with your story is a, is a completely different ball game and i think that's that's what when you realise when I realise that everybody has a story, I'm not the only one that has <laughs> things happen in my life. That's when that's when the open heartedness comes. And that's yeah, I, I guess that's sort of part of the change that, that Peter was talking about. You know, you have a different experience of people through trust.
1: Mm. Yeah. So tell us about
0: Camino for Good. <laughs> Okay, you
3: got around to that. <laughs> so, um, so I, I, do. My son was getting married. Um, Two thousand and twenty in in April. April was it? Um, he was he was in Perth. I was in um, Launceston. I'd booked my next camino to leave the day after he got married. Um, 2020 April 2020 Uh (laughs) Uh, and I I was living in Tasmania and and Tasmania said when the pandemic started Tasmania said and this is an exact quote we've got a moat and we're going to use it (laughs) So what that meant was that they, they were shutting, you know, like every, every state was shutting down. And, um, and so I, and, and I had two days to decide um, before they announced that they were shutting down. So I just, I, I quit my job, which wasn't hard because I was driving Uber at the time and nobody was, you know, <laughs> so, so that sort of was easy to quit my job. And um, I went over, I booked on a flight to Perth and went over to, to Perth. And um, I didn't want to hang around him, uh, not for any, any particular reason, but I'd, but you know it was going to uh, that was March so it was going to be another month. So I started walking on the Bibbleman track, put my pack on, started walking on the Bibbleman track, and then of course they shut that down, and he had to come and collect me. So I was I was in a, a tent in his future in-laws backyard, <laughs> <laughs> and um, I got a. I got an excited call from one of my Camino family, Kelly, and said, look, I've just been talking to someone uh, walking the Camino, we've been doing this walk in Tennessee, this virtual walk in Tennessee, and um, and we think it would be really good to have a virtual walk in, in um, on the Camino. I said, oh yeah, I mean, like here I was living in a tent with nothing to do. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought, yeah, I, I can do that. and I'd I've, I've always been inspired by um, Maggie Catherine when Casa Susie, Casa Susie, again it all, all centres on you, um, uh, they needed some electrical work done back in 2017, I think, or it two- must have been 2018. Needed some electrical work done and, and uh, Maggie instantly uh, got a GoFundMe campaign going and um, and raise the money, I think, overnight, pretty much, to do to do the work. And I'm sure there's many of you here donated to that. And I thought, and, and we all knew that if the Caminos shut down, <coughs> then there's going to be a lot of albergues out of business. So we decided to to su- use it as a fundraising effort to raise money for the albergues. Um, and w- we ended up raising seventy-seven thousand dollars. U.S., which translates to about one hundred and ten thousand dollars, and we tended to give it out to the. We <coughs> it was difficult to give it to Spanish albergos <laughs> because <laughs> they don't they don't understand the concept of benevolence really, and um, so so but, uh, you know there were things that they needed like like heating, um, uh, you know they had to rearrange their beds, but we just wanted to, if, if if we could make a difference. And keep them going to be able to open for us <laughs> when we get back, um, then that's a good thing. And you know, <coughs> you can't help everybody, but I think, I think we sort of contributed about 35 albergos um, to sort of provide something. And I can't say all of them are still open now, you know, but, but probably more than anything, though, um, was that those ones that we contacted, it wasn't so much about the money it was more about the hope that we were giving them someone someone else on the planet actually thought about their situation and they were just um, that was the best part, handing over the money that was neither here nor there for us (coughs) but what I didn't realise, what we never anticipated was that There were thousands, we ended up with thousands of people. We were able to raise that money because there were thousands of people throughout the English speaking world that got a chance to reconnect with the Camino um, through our our photographs. And um, the idea is so there's an app that you log your walks each day. So you walk in your local area, you log that each day, and it sends you along the Camino. um, And you've got photographs, and, and for many people, Uh, They were memories, but for a few people, they realised they were never going to walk the Camino. And so this was one way that they could stay connected and to the community. We had a Facebook group set up and people would share their stories. And, um, you know, I've walked so far today and and they'd they'd post, we had a sort of, the app has a bit of a a thermometer to show how far you've come. And so we were encouraging everybody to, you know, oh, 25%, yeah, 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 not far to go, you know, keep going. All that sort of stuff, and 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 yeah, so that's basically what happened. But I was sitting here yesterday while you while you were singing, and um, and I thought I've got so much out of that. I've made a com- you know community throughout the world, and there's people like Peter and, and Susie and Firmin that regard me as friends and uh, as a friend, and I would never have got that. I'll stop now. <laughs> Um, Yes it is. So Kelly um, last year um, was going to do or or did the um, Portuguese route with the idea of gathering more photos um, and plotting the route and just as she was about to board the plane one of our one of our she got word that one of uh, our team because we were a team of people we were a family his boat had, had turned up, had run ashore with with his dog in it, and he was nowhere to be seen. Yes. And um, so she had, she was about to hop on the plane when she got that news anyway, so she went. Um, she ended up going to Porto and did it, but all the time she was there. and and Bill was her best friend, basically. Um, and so she was. She didn't know what was happening. to Best, best friend. I mean, that's sort of the story. Anyway, he's about three weeks later. Um, they discovered a body and identified it as as him. He'd had a scuba diving accident, and uh, one of our teams. So Kelly was his best friend, and one of the other one of the other was was his daughter. And so when we got together, you know, after that, there was this sort of elephant in the room, and and. Um, I guess some of us decided we couldn't go on, um, you know, couldn't continue. And um, I, I was keen to keep it, I personally was keen to keep it going as well. But then I, I got to the point, and part of my Camino last year was to also gather photos um, to do it. But when I got back, um, I realised that that some of us didn't want to go continue for, you know, reasons that you can understand. and so. I had to, as much as I, I personally wanted to keep it, keep it going, um, I realised that I was part of the team, and, and that was probably fairly hard for me, that you know, it's, it's the group that decides, it's not just one person. So what we ended up doing was, was looking for someone who could um, take over, uh, care and, and we ended up um, just in the last four weeks, uh, a fellow by the name of James Gerkey. And his wife um, Angela have taken it over. They're going to continue it. He's a he does um, leadership. He was using um, Camino for good for as part of a leadership program. So every week he'd have a Zoom and people would progress along it and they'd discuss it. Uh, he's done many Caminos, and his his and Angela is working with. Um, she's a psychothera- a psychiatrist, I think, psychotherapist, and she's working with. Um, with uh, traumatised people like uh, war veterans, um, right. and so she and they—they're planning to use that as part of their of their program. So, and I'm still involved, but I'm not uh, I'm not involved with the same group. So, there's three of us that are still involved, and it's early days. We're sort of relying on their vision to, uh, right. to do it, but I'm still working with them, which is great. So, yeah. there you go. Camino for Good is the name
0: of the app. If you want to download it, and you. Can walk and spread the spread the love and, and the joy. Do you want to come in? Is there somebody that wants to come in? I think they're looking at the... Oh, they're looking at the... Okay, that's people in my peripheral vision. Um, Peter, um, we talked earlier about Aussie blokes, um,
4: um the reasons why people give are numerous and mysterious. Um, why do cultures give Australians Americans very good at donating Spanish it's not part of their culture why, why is this so? I, I don't understand it I never will um, look I don't, I don't I don't really know all, all I know is that the right people step up at the right time, and I have to include you. I don't know if people are aware, but part of the um, the Save Casa Susi Fund, Dan stepped up and did an online uh, concert, and um, ra- fun. yeah, it was fun. It was a good concert too, and raised a lot of money as part of the as part of the fund, and, and uh, helped us get over the line. Do
0: people want? Do, do people want everybody else to know that they're doing these things?
4: Well, did you? Did you? No. no. That, that's what I find. Uh, people are not doing it to... to. Well, they might do it to make themselves feel a bit better, but it, it, I think it's a genuine giving back to the Camino. It's a genuine way of extending your Camino, still living the Camino while being in your normal life. And that's part of the challenge of the journey and beyond. What we're talking about today is the beyond. And ways that you can continue that feeling of Camino and by giving back, I found a great way. I was so fortunate, and I I consider myself one of the luckiest men in the world, that I found a, a cause that I could devote myself to and cause real change and help to someone who helped me on Camino. And there are thousands of ways of doing that. When you've done your Camino, you're sitting at home going, gee, I wish I was back there doing it again. You can be. You can be doing that at home by supporting Camino for good I mean I've done three Caminos on Camino for good and loved every minute of it and uh, that's a great way of doing it and, um, but also you can think about how you can benefit people on the Camino in the future for instance I've um, I became a hospitalero and I've um, volunteered a couple of times at um, Galselmo, Refugio Galselmo in Rabinal del Camino with the uh, Confraternity of St James and um, that's a great way of giving back as well. And you need to work at that. You need to train, you need to learn and that's one way of extending your Camino experience. You People who are here have walked the Camino you've all developed a Camino family. I encourage you to really develop those friendships and contacts and just contact these people because as I said before they're your tribe and they're the ones that are going to fulfil you and uh, change your life. And I don't know if I've answered that question no, particularly you did entirely. well. No, you did entirely. Okay. And I think it's 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 a it's
0: a lot about all of us. And I, I know Janet won't like me talking about it, but she sent me a book of her photographs, and it's the most exquisite book. And my late mother-in-law, who was in the throes of dementia, was sitting on the lounge at my house, and I said, here, Nan, look at this beautiful book my friend Janet sent me," and she was crying. on Crying, tears running down. She said, it's so beautiful. And I said, Yeah, yeah, yeah. She said, Oh, that must have cost you a lot of money. And I said, No, oh, it didn't cost me anything. She said, well, what, what do you mean? And I said, Well, Janet just sent it to me. She said, Who gives away things like this? <laughs> and I said, My friend Janet gave it to me. And she said, Isn't that lovely? And I, I remember thinking, even though blessed person, God rest of her soul, she was enjoying. e
2: think it goes back to giving back so finding what your gift is because i believe everybody has a gift um finding what that gift is and sharing that gift with the world everybody has a story everybody has a gift um and just tapping into that and sharing that um and i think the camino spirit with what these guys are talking about as well that um You know, when I heard about Casa Susie's um, GoFundMe, um, I certainly donated, and I did it anonymously, because, and although I'm just admitting that now, um, (laughs) not anymore, but um, my way of, of helping get the word out about Casa Susie was to actually bring her into my book. And so, you know, the people who do read my book, yes, it's fiction, but there are there are places that are real, and I've had people come to me saying, "Oh my God, Casa Susie is real." So I've taken video. I'm going to post that on my socials um, so that people can see it. And it's it's giving back, and it's making sure that you're sharing the Camino stories and you're you're sharing what those moments were for you. Um, you know, I actually, you know, being a writer, I have an online write-in every week, and Uh, Two of my Camino angels and my Camino family come to that every week. So we get a Zoom call every week. It's fantastic. Um, Because part of what our Camino was was we were talking about the business of writing and blogging and, you know, being online. And, um, you know, we can still continue that. And we have people from all over Australia that, that join in. And, I mean, we've had so many comments about... Wow, the connection with you guys—it's amazing. It's like, yeah, we rocked the Camino together, and people who have never heard about the Camino are now thinking about it. You know, so it's—I think it's just sharing and giving back, and and finding that piece of you that you know that you can share with other people.
0: Yeah, that's great. That's great. Well, I'm going to do the uh, the Phil Donahue thing now. I'm going to give the microphone out to the audience. Does anybody have any? We've been talking. For does anybody have any can does anybody have any questions or, or you know what I want to do just, just before we do that Ken, sorry to get you up. <laughs> uh, often in the podcast I'll ask for one word, I'll say to my guests, tell me one word that sums up the honesty. Okay. Any others? Perspective. Perspective. I like that. Perspective. Yeah. Community. Community. Now, this is a, there's others here. Yeah. Change. Change? Change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And There's one here. Connection. Connection. Okay. Change, community, connection. There we go. There is a song in that, but I've got it first.
1: <laughs> Change,
0: community, connection. Okay? Change, community, connection. That's right. That's the community right there, right? Okay, those two things. That's kind of like, and I'm sure Cam will agree with me, It's kind of like a church, isn't it? And it's funny that we all walk, you don't have to be religious, you don't have to be spiritual, but you're out on a Camino and it can
1: be any Camino, it can be
0: any, that's okay, you can be on any of the Caminos and seeking change and community and connection. So are there questions from the floor? Perhaps anybody would like to ask us a question. Go ahead Noel, do you want to grab the microphone? Thanks Peter. You have this is no prawn. He's been boxing at him, he, he, He's
5: forty-seven. This guy. <laughs> yeah, thank you very much, there, Dad. And as one of your um, interviewees a couple of years ago, I very much appreciate what you've been doing. There, I would like to um, perhaps add or build on a comment made by Lindsay. And, and, and that was about trust. Um, and um, perhaps uh, the word suspicion um, hasn't been raised yet, but I, I think in our normal day daily lives, um, we perhaps don't go out there and share our stories too much because of this um, suspicion. That people tend to have with each other so we were a bit on guard and there's also a bit of um, competition And I noticed on the, the Camino people were far more open as Lindsay said you develop that trust far more readily and easily and sometimes it happens in a few seems to happen in a few seconds you know when you, you sort of feel you connect with them um, in it. But then your gut tells you every now and then, take care, mate. Mm-hmm. Um, and I found every now and, and then you s- felt uncertain and uncomfortable with people and you didn't share with them. And that's when I've, I've been doing a. a bit of reflection there why I did not like the Camino Portuguese for a number of reasons. But then I realized one of them there because of the, the Camino family that I fell in with were competitive and and trying to do out each other a bit. They were mainly Americans. And it was only only once on met Camino did I feel that I shared with someone, and that was a lady who was ready to tell me her concerns about her son, who was a drug addict. And she started to tell her story first to me, and, and then I felt comfortable in telling my story to her. But it was, and that was such a contrast to the other caminos that I did, because I was sharing my story with everyone along the way. Because we we seen to seem to um, you know um, click very 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 quickly.
0: Yeah. So, yours, yours is an incredible story.
1: No.
5: Okay. Yeah.
0: How confident are you then? In telling your story to other pilgrims, that you can trust them with your story.
5: Well, sometimes you have to take a punt uh, in terms of what they um, what they do. It now I tell my story uh, quite often. You know, I I I set up markets and sell my books, and I tell my story. Sometimes I feel, you know, the people just walk away. I've been contaminated. No. Yeah, they, they, I think they've been contaminated. I've been contaminated oh, I see, right. because they haven't handled my story well. And I thought, what a bloody idiot I was, you know, to share, share with them. Whereas others, of course, um, yes they accept my story, what I call, responsibly there. Yeah, and I think that's, um, uh, that, 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 that's that, that was one of the great, um, overall, from my experience, from my six walks on the Camino, that was one of the great things that being able to share, um, and I, from my story, and from that point of view, it was very, 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 very ther- ther- therapeutic yeah, and help yeah. with my healing process. There, yeah, yeah. well, Noel's
0: books. Uh, do you have your books downstairs? Yeah, they're downstairs. Go yeah. and buy Noel's books and read his story, it's the most incredible story. You are a very brave and courageous man, and uh, I'm very, very proud to call you a friend. It's it's uh, it's a wonderful story. We're lucky that people like Noel, as part of our. Anybody else got a
4: question or would like to make a suggestion? Perhaps over the weekend. Thanks, guys. Um, Dan, you've uh, done 320 podcasts. I'd be interested to hear how doing the Camino of podcasting has impacted you and what's changed in you from doing it. Oh, that's a great
0: question. Um, okay, so um, just this last week, um, so I've been doing now six and a half years every single week, um, and just this last week my wife said to me, when are you going to stop doing it? And I said, oh, I'm going to head for 500 episodes, and then I'll create a website, 500 interviews about the Camino de Santiago, and that'll do me, and people forever then can listen. Um, but what has changed me is, and I know these guys have all said that everybody has a story to tell. And drawing the stories out of people is just the most enjoyable thing. And watching and hearing and listening to their surprise in themselves. And I'm sure all three of these guys today are going to walk away from this this event and say, wow, I didn't that was really good. (laughs) Right? Everybody has a story that they won't tell or don't want told but want you to hear. And my job in many respects is to draw that story out of them. And then for me, for me, to be, I'm a deeply flawed human being, deeply flawed human being, but I do something good every week. And that's changed me immeasurably because I go back to that guy (laughs) rather than the other guy. And so... If I can just be that guy a little bit every week, then I feel okay with myself and my place in the world, because that guy wasn't around six years ago at all. Now he's around a little bit. From now on then. So it has changed me immeasurably. Um, my friends and family, um, are surprised when they meet that guy, because, um, yeah, he's a kind of you guy in our town. But my family, uh, my sons in particular, my two youngest sons, uh, as I said last night, they, we did the Camino together in September, uh, and they saw firsthand what it all means, and it astounded them. They can't wait to get back. They're taking their friends over, because they want to be that guy whenever they can be. And they helped people they were, they were somebody's Camino angel and they helped other people, and they were, we met people at Susie's, the first time I stayed Susie, and they met people, and then they ran into them days and weeks later, and were like, hey! <laughs> and I think, like, who is this kid? And they, they were changed, and I have been changed. And I have to say, it's one of those things I said last night, I've met very few Very few fools or or imposters in my time in the community. If very, very rarely, in fact, I can almost say never, have I met somebody who I have thought, man, I could do without you. And I love being part of that community. So that guy who gives back every week and is a kind of a good guy, if I could just be that guy once every once, a little bit, a little bit every week, it's better than the other guy. So that's what I got.
1: Valuable lessons uh, for us that have done the Camino. What have you taken away, mainly from your Caminos?
0: In terms of lessons? Yes. Um, that time is short.
1: <laughs>
0: time is short. Yeah.
3: A lesson? Um, yeah, I'd, I'd just like to respond to... What was, what was no. his name again? Noel. Noel, no. yeah. Um, it, it talked about intuition and trust and... and when we did that exercise yesterday, what advice would you give to rookies, newbies? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know a good word for that, but but my I, I love hills. When I'm walking, I love hills. Most people don't love hills, and the reason I do, I, I, apart from when I get to the top, I can feel my heart and lungs, and that feels great. But I take hills slowly, and I with each step I listen to my body, and I, I, I feel my heart rate and I can feel my lungs if I can't talk properly then I slow down. The next step is slow down. so I, I don't have a goal of getting to the top. Um, and also the, you know the lesson with blisters is listen to your feet. you know if you, if you feel a hot spot stop, change your socks, do whatever. But that becomes in my experience that's become a metaphor for listening to my intuition uh, you know so, the practice that I have as a walker to listen to my body um, is, has allowed me to trust my intuition. Not completely, because there's all these voices in my head that tell me, oh, that's stupid, you know. But, but that's probably in answer to that takeaway question and in response to um, no, that's, that's how it is for me, yeah. Yeah, and that's the journey and yeah. beyond.
0: Yeah, yeah. What about you, Peter? In answer to Leo's question, what what, what have you taken away from what's the lesson you've learned?
4: I've learned a lot of lessons from the Camino. It's it's been transformative for me. But distilled, simple, easy, quick answer is that we are all stronger in our bodies and in our spirits than we believe we are. Um, you discover that very quickly on Camino that you can, that you are really super people, and uh, you can do more than you think you can. But the the biggest lesson that I've learned from Camino is that as human beings, our actual true nature, and we are born with this, and um, our true nature is love. And Camino has helped me bring that out in myself, and I see it all the time with my tribe that we learn to love again You know, those of us who maybe have been a bit damaged or, or lost the ability can discover it again and you see it every time in the way that people will open up to you, they'll open their hearts to you in a moment's notice and that's because they're free to express their true nature which is love
0: I'm going to steal that question by the way from our podcast you now What's a lesson you've learned? I've never asked that question. We? Can we ask the boys back? What? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Well, well, why not? Let's let's pass... Let's Tara, why don't you ask the question, what lesson have you learned? And then we'll give the microphone to the boys and we'll find
1: out
2: there. <laughs> yeah. um, I Mine is twofold. One was I had that real-life lesson of how short life was before I started walking the Camino. Um... My mum passed away when she was 56 and it was very quick and I was living in America at the time. So I didn't get to say goodbye to her. Um, And it just that, you know, um, realisation that going after what you truly want to do in your life, I had always wanted to be a writer, but something, going back to what Lindsay's saying, with the intuition, I I didn't listen to what my intuition was telling me. Um, I was... And you you guys have been talking about the bloke and that um, the idea of of not putting yourself out there. For women, I think, you know, we are raised to be wives and mothers and um, it's usually not until we have an empty nest that we can actually go out and discover who we are or who we were years before we became wives or mothers or partners or whatever so um, I I think for me it was listening to the voices in my head (laughs) they turned out to be characters Um, (laughs) not schizophrenia (laughs) they're characters Um, but yeah just kind of listening to my intuition and and really going for what uh, I truly wanted to do with my life and not waiting anymore because Life is short and you don't know when it's going to turn on a dime. And, you know, my husband calls it my ticking time bomb because, you know, my mum died at 56. I'm not far from that. And I have this idea that my time's going to be up. So I've got to get out all this living while I can um, because you don't know.
0: No, that's right. That's why I said time is short. There's so much I'd love to do. There's so much we need to do. I'll come, can I come to you in just a sec? So this is Leo and James, over here, And Leo and James walked with their dads at different times and had very, very remarkable experiences. We are blessed to have these young men with us this weekend, I tell you. So tell, let me give you, let me ask.
1: Yeah, absolutely, yeah.
0: And I, I, I was just so delighted to, when I arrived yesterday to walk out onto the deck and see two young boys playing guitar. I really happy. Let me ask you first, what lessons did you
1: learn on the Camino de Santiago? Oh, um, I learned that the world is a safe place and that there's always going to be someone there for you. Uh, there were moments where I needed help with some things and moments where um, someone I knew was having a bad time so they went out for a drink and they couldn't get home safe so I walked them back but they wouldn't let me. But I insisted and I wanted to make sure I was there for someone, so then someone would be there for me, but I needed to make sure other people were safe as well. Well, there's always someone here for you. Always.
0: Always. Hummus? Um, The Camino taught me that friendship
1: and family means everything because they can lead you to a better future and can help you along the way, every step. So, yeah. Biggest lesson
3: taught me.
2: Great answer.
1: Come
0: on. Is that not beyond? I'm pretty sure that's beyond, isn't it? That's beyond. I find that uh, right at the very back, Cam, right at the very back. I find um that hearing stuff, if we had said dear Lord before each of those contributions, they could be prayers, couldn't they, Cam? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Amazing. Hello. Um, um I I haven't I haven't walked the Camino, but um, I suppose while I've been listening to people on this on this conference, um, I've just made a few pointers of what I got out of it. Um, I um, you know it's like well what's the Camino about? What I really got uh, was that it was like a, a a recalibration of who we are. A reset, if you like, it's a little bit like when your computer breaks down—you just switch it off and you start it again, sort of thing. Um, you know, obviously the sharing, um, and you know, from I suppose going from the victim to the victor, um, wow. and um, you know, and and finding uh, familiarity in in the unfamiliar because you know the thing is is that Lindsay was talking about you know it's all about love and and I think that that's something we you know a seed that we all have and just learning to 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 share that um and it's all about Camino what I got also is that it's all about the angels that you meet along the way and um and the heartfelt experiences and um, the generosity of spirit. Um, uh, and it's also trusting in the whole process, um, you know, the, the challenges as well as the, the joys along the way. Um, and, um, you know, the healing, of course, and, you know, the, which touches the soul all along the way. Um, and just the allowance and the acceptance and the awareness that it brings at the end of all that and um, so what I um, I I thought that uh, a lot of people seem to have brought back with them is that not only that, you know, as they say, love conquers all, um, but to bring back uh, from camino, that love or that sanctuary of the heart, you know, which you can work from, then because the layers of the onions, have, you know, you've got to the core of it. And um, and someone said yesterday that uh, what happens as a result of that is is, is that um, overall, um, because of the experiences everyone's had, it just makes the world a better place. Amen. <laughs>
0: Amen. Well, we're just about out of time. Um, I want to first of all thank you all for, for coming this morning and sharing this journey with me. I want to thank Tara and Peter and Lindsay. Give it up for our And
1: see, <laughs> you had nothing to worry about, did you?
0: You have nothing to worry about. And thank you for everybody who contributed from the floor. Um, From my perspective, uh, I think when I think about what I give back, little bits here and there, really nothing very much at all in the big scheme of things. Um, But it is easy for someone like me to give back because of wonderful people like you who give constantly. And I thank you very much from the bottom of my heart for your contributions me and my life, and my Camino journey, and thank you all so much for coming out this morning. You've been enthusiastic and loved last night as well, and it uh, means the world to me, and I said it last night to be part of this community, so thank you, and buen Camino. There you are, a panel discussion about Where the Camino takes us, the journey and beyond. A very special thank you to the team at the Australian Friends of the Camino and the organisers of the weekend's conference. It was an honour and a pleasure to be invited to be involved. Thanks for your company this week and every week. Until next week, I'm Dan Mullins. Buen Camino.